What's up, bookworms? It's your host, MJ. I know this sounds a little different because I'm flying solo today. Um, Stevie has been so amazing, such a great PA, and uh, Kat Singleton's book, Falling, I mean, Kat Singleton's book, Fog, Founded on Goodbye, is coming out tomorrow, and she's, you know, busy working with her and getting everything ready for that kind of thing, so I'm handling the podcast today. Um, You are warned, caution, caution when entering the ride, is all I gotta say. Um, So it's gonna be super exciting. I miss her already. I miss her energy. It sucks. I hate not having her here. Um, but it's gonna be super fun. We got a super cool episode for you guys in store today. Um, quick little things. Uh, one for me, I released merch. So if you read, if you read any of my books, uh, you can go grab merch. The link is in my Instagram bio. Um, you can get Fury hoodies with your favorite Fury players number and last name on the back. You can get, you know, your favorite Fury players girl's nickname like valley and ice queen uh, moon eyes lovey little poet the whole lines all of that you can also get rhett kennedy's merch for his band and that kind of stuff so it's super cool i'm super excited about it make sure you guys go check it out um quick little things about books like i said cat singleton love her to death shout out to my boo love her um she's releasing founded on goodbye which is a pop star romance that's literally epic i loved this book it releases tomorrow on all platforms so make sure you guys go check that out um gianna darling's releasing uh uh, the second part of when villains when heroes fall and then when villains rise on june 30th um which is mafia romance very cool very dark i really loved it loved the first one can't wait um, and then Say Yes by Candy Steiner is also releasing tomorrow. All, super amazing. I know that this book is like based in, I want to say like the 80s and it's in Europe kind of, and there's an artist and that kind of thing. So, and everybody knows that Candy is known for angst. So it's going to be great. I'm going to read it tomorrow. So make sure you guys go uh, check all of that stuff out. Other than that, I think everything has been kind of copacetic over here. Nothing crazy. I haven't read anything new, mostly just because kind of just been waiting for, you know, books that I want to read to kind of come out, hit the shelves, um, that kind of thing. I don't think I have anything else to cover for the um, intro portion of it, but I will say that we have a very, we have two, not one, but two very special guests. Um, uh, These are great authors and I'm super excited to chat with them. Um, I think this is going to be super awesome. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read both of their intros and then we're going to go from there. So <clears throat> taps mic. M. Robinson is the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author crowned as the queen of angst by readers around the world. Dive into her visionary world that will take you on a roller coaster ride of emotions and leave you wanting more. She writes everything from contemporary to suspense romance and is best known for her novel El Diablo. When M isn't in the cave writing her next epic love story, you will find her shopping, living on a boat in Florida with her real-life pirate, her lobster, her husband, Ben, sipping on Starbucks and hanging out with their two jo- her two dogs, or spending time with her family, who she is extremely close to. Now for the second portion of this uh, collab that I am really excited to just kind of get into their head about is the lovely Rachel Van Dyken. So... <clears throat> Gonna tap the mic again. Rachel Van Dyken is the New York Times bestsell, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of Regency and Contemporary Romance. You can find her on all platforms, so make sure you guys go check those out. You can find them both out on all platforms, and they also just released their second collab, Falling for the Villain, yesterday, which is also live. Um, so if you guys want to go check that out, it's mafia. It's very dark, very BDSM vibe. So it's very cool. So let's go on and jump right in and, and talk to them about, you know, all this good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. M. Robinson and Rachel Van Dyken, we are so excited to have you. We're excited to be here. I think this is my second time back. I was here like a month ago, right? Right, yeah. right around the, the fling release. Yes, you were. So we're super excited to have you back. We're super excited Thanks to have you back with uh, Rachel with you. Um, Yay. We love you guys separately. We love you guys as a duo. You guys are like dynamite. 
as a unit. <laughs> Love it. So I'm going to jump right on into questions for you guys. Uh, we're going to start with Mafia, Mafia Casanova, which is the first collab that you guys ever did. And it was Chef Kisses. I love, <laughs> I loved him with my entire soul. So it was your first combined writing experience and it gives us like a beautiful tortured Romeo and Eden. So did you go into this knowing it would have a love triangle vibe? No, I don't think we did. No, I think we kind of just like kind of with all of our projects, maybe I'm answering too many questions at once, but we kind of just jump in and we decided that it'd be best if we just, we were going to read each other, we sent each other our new, our next releases. And we both were like, yeah, I'm going to pass on that and just started writing. And it just, it, it, same with this last one. Like we just decided we were just going to go for it. And it's weird because the characters end up like within like the first few chapters, they develop into our head as like someone that we're like, oh, this is how Romeo is. Like this is, yeah. he, you know, he's jealous of this or whatever. And I mean, it just, I mean, Monica can answer that. Like it just developed into like, we were That's like, oh, right. apparently we're writing a love triangle now. Like, but we didn't plan on it, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. It just, it vibes. And I, um, my creativity feeds hers and vice versa. So a lot of the stuff we, we kind of have an idea of what we're going with, but then it changes. Yeah. And um, as, it's changing, as it's changing, we text each other and, you know, just kind of go that route so that we're both on the same page. And, you know, if we are changing something, the response is always like, oh, yes, that's even better, you know? So <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think if we planned it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. This story, especially the story that we released now, it would have it not been the same. I genuinely, I know like multiple authors who have done like collabs or like anthologies or, you know, duos or whatever. And they're like, it's so hard to, you know, vibe or mesh, but I feel like you guys do a very good job of um, like, I don't know, like coming together and writing one cohesive story. Like yeah. I don't feel like there's like 18,000 voices because I feel like sometimes when you read a collab, that's what it feels like. Like I'm reading two very, very different stories but you guys are you do a very good job of coming together and making it very cohesive which I enjoyed a lot so it was very clear in the beginning even when Tristan was there that Romeo and Eden were like soulmates like sl slay my heart so yeah. what did you guys have to make sure that you did in order to convey to readers that Romeo in the, in the end was the man for Eden because I know a lot of people with love triangles sometimes they fall in love with like the triangle portion that you weren't like didn't want her to end up with I think it's because we kind of, we set up Tristan to be the villain. Yeah. <laughs> Just so like, right, yeah. So like right from the get-go, people didn't like him. Yeah. And um, that, I think that makes things a lot easier when you set, okay, this is who you're going to be. This is who you're going to be. Um, and it's just, it's easier than having the reader fall in love with both people, you know? Yeah. So, okay, cool. All right. He couldn't so, see, and I think too, he couldn't see his own jealousy, right? So like the way that I think I was really appreciative of the way that Monica was like, because we haven't first talking about this. And she was like, well, we can't villainize them too much. But like, I think anyone reading that can identify with you're so jealous of someone, even though you have everything. And basically Tristan had everything that he could have possibly wanted, but he still couldn't appreciate it. And yeah. I think as a reader, you're okay with him not then like maybe winning in the end because you're like, you can't even appreciate what you have. So why do you deserve like this person? Yeah. And, I, and Monica was really strategic in helping me with that because I've written a lot of love triangles that weren't like that to where you're like, who do I choose? And she yeah. was like, no, <laughs> you have to do it this way. And I was like, cool. But that's what's so great about writing with someone is like they come in at a different angle and you're like, oh, that makes total sense, you know? I mean, I think that I, I feel like for me, I feel like Tristan was like, it was the kind of guy that was like, I feel like he always knew that Eden was never his, like even when, oh, yeah. he, like, he oh, was, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and so I think that's like a lot of where his jealousy come from, came from, right, so I feel like you guys made him relatable, but also made him like a relatable, like, dickhead that you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think the huge part of Tristan wasn't, I mean, I think the whole lure to Eden was that she was Romeo's, yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of that played into it as well. Exactly. So yeah. I genius, Monica. Yeah. <laughs> Good vibe. I loved it. It was great. So both of you are known for angst and like dark and twisty stories. I've read both of you guys. And so uh, there was no like, it's like, was like, when, since you both are so good at the feels and like did you have any problem with like the romance side of it like you know because I know there's like a lot of stories that you read where it's like dark romance and it's like very edgy and twisty and you know angsty in the feels but like sometimes you miss the romance portion of it and it's like I feel like I just read a suspenseful thriller <laughs> with yeah. kissing yeah. and holding hands in between so yeah. do you think it was easier or harder to write the romance portion of it as a unit 
I think it's easier because we're both really good at certain things. Like Rachel's amazing at dialogue. So she is so good at dialogue. And then I'm good at kind of like building. So there would be times where like she would just flush out a whole bunch of cute dialogue and I'd be like a romantic dialogue. And I'm like, okay, so we got to throw in a fuck here. (laughs) (laughs) Something in over here. So like, I think we play well off each other on our strengths and our weaknesses. Yeah. I love that. I love that you guys are the yin and yang of each other, even though you yeah. guys, yeah, I love and that. We, we love write that. really similar too. Like, um, just to give you a quick recap of how we came together, like Rachel and I knew who we were just because we're in the same industry. Yeah. Um, but we came together for a co-write and a group. Um, they, the author or the group people just like contact authors and they come together and that's how we met. Yeah. And like from right off the bat, it was literally like, hi, like I think the first message she ever sent to me was like, "I'm so sorry, I just set you up for a threesome," but that's not <laughs> it. Like that was literally our first combo. So after like that, and that it just and the first time we wrote together, people in the comments were so excited and they're like, "This is amazing," and then they asked us back a second time, and then that second time we just started talking back and forth, and within like two weeks of us talking, we're like, "All right, let's try to write a book." Yeah. Um, we initially tried, but it was like a conspiracy theory, like Illuminati kind of vibe. <laughs> and like everything that was going on with COVID yeah. and stuff, we're just like, probably not the best time to release this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we don't want that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we yeah, I think you guys made like a bomb. You guys had like a bomb ass trip to Vegas. Y'all like popped off in Vegas <laughs> with like fucking like Lambos, badass <laughs> music video vibes. I was like, damn, I was like, I feel like I'm in the middle of a fucking Vin Diesel flip. That was, yeah. It was literally, we were like, okay, we're gonna go to Vegas to get footage and like do cool stuff and like take pictures. And the guys were like, no, no, no. If we're, if we're gonna do like a mafia thing, then we need cars. So that was that was all the guys. And it, it ended up working out because I think the trailer and all that stuff, it was so fun. And I think that's what made the book successful. I thought it was badass. I was like, I feel like I'm about yeah. to hear a story about their life. That's what I feel like is happening right now. It was, I know. So it was so fun. It was so fun. It was probably one of the funnest memories ever. I love it. So when you were building the characters of Eden and Romeo, like, what was that like? Did you both come up with pieces of their personality? Did like Rachel be like, oh, I think that Eden should do this. And you were like, yeah, but what if she did this instead? Or was it like you came up with Eden and she came up with Romeo? Like you separated it. We actually decided not to do that. So I, when we first talked about co-writing, I was like, I've done it before. And usually like, you can take the guy, take the girl, vice versa. No. The funny part about both of us is we don't like writing women. Um, because <laughs> my, my biggest, the biggest thing is people, readers come at you if the woman is too strong. They come oh, at you yeah. if she's too weak. They come at okay. you if she sounds bitchy. And I get, it's like my biggest pet peeve because I'm like, can I not write a strong woman that, you know what I mean? And so it's, yeah. it's not that we don't like doing it. It's just really, it's difficult because I think I get in my own head. She gets in her own head. So like taking, we were like, no, we're going to share this. And so like, I think with Mafia Casanova, I started it, but then what we did, which I think is brilliant. And this was Monica's idea is I would write something. And she, as she knows, I write very, like my first draft is like, woo, 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 and it's like not edited. And I just go like balls to the wall. And then she came, would come back in. So I do two chapters and she would come back in and then go through those two chapters and add like a ton of words. And then she would do two chapters and I would come in and then I would add stuff. So we were both voices, which when you think about it, like would seem like the most difficult thing ever, but because we both had a very clear view of who these people were to us, because everything is like a movie to us, like it's very real. And because I would go back and read hers and then accept changes, she'd go back and read mine, we'd add more. Like, that's why I think you can't, Mafia Casanova, you can't tell because we both went through in each other's brains. And yeah. so sometimes it was Juliet's chapter. Sometimes it was Romeo's chapter. Like it just, or not, not Juliet, um, Eden. <laughs> I'm on the other one. She's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it just wasn't, and, and one thing that Monica does in her writings, I don't typically do is a lot of times each chapter is a different uh, person. And yeah. for her, she always added in, which I appreciated because it made it more seamless, I think, for our writing is she would be like, okay, now it's his turn to speak or her turn to have like a, even if it's just a couple paragraphs. Yeah. Um, and she would edit it back. So then I'd be like, oh, thank you. So it was really helpful. It was helpful for me because I've never written like that before, but it was, I think it made us get the books done faster too, right, Monica? I mean. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't write unless I know I can go keep going. Like there's some things that I can skip, you know, like, I don't know, little things, but like big things, usually I can't, it just, it bothers me because then I'm like, I feel like it's not finished. And then when I'm done, I have to go back and like fix so much stuff. And by that point, I feel like I kind of lose the vibe. 
of what I was trying to write in that yeah. moment, mm -hmm. you know? So like for me, it's harder, but I know, um, I know some authors that like start in the beginning of their story and like just pull and then put together. And I'm like, that's, that would be so hard for me. No, I mean, I think that you guys come together very seamlessly. Like when I read both the Falling for the Villain and for Mafia Casanova, it's very like, I think there was maybe, maybe once in both books that I was like, I feel like Monica wrote this one and I feel like Rachel wrote this line. But like <laughs> at the same time, I was like, I don't know, like there's no way that I could go through that and pick the portions of like what you guys wrote because it's just, it's very... It's very cohesive and I really appreciated that in this duo. And also I love the fact, I love that, I love your guys' heroines. I know that you said that you guys both don't like writing females. I hate writing females too. It's a lot of pressure writing females because women hate it other is. women. <laughs> like we, we I, I feel like some women just like do not like to like women. Like we get so much shit put on us if we're too strong and we're bitchy or we're too strong and we're a pushover or if we're not strong and you know, we're weak and we need a hero, then she's, you know, a weak. And it's like, good Jesus Lord. I just want to write a, a strong hero, a heroine that needs, if she wants to be a bitch, she can be a bitch. Like not everybody needs to be like a wallflower that loves everybody. Like she can be a bitch if she wants to, because that's just how life is um so moving on to falling for the villain donovan is like chris i told my friend this i was like he's like christian gray met a mafia man and had a <laughs> psycho baby i was like i was not expecting this at all i was like okay all right the first chapter i texted monica and i was like um i was like all right <laughs> we're just gonna go straight into it then sounds good so where did the idea for his character come from so we, okay, so when we were writing the Illuminati story, it started off with like a kidnapping. Like they were taking this girl so that they could turn her into like the Illuminati or whatnot. Yeah. So we already kind of had a, a hero that was named Richard that was kind of not as bad as Donovan. Probably didn't even, doesn't come close to Donovan, but we already had kind of like a sinister character that we wanted to play with. So, um, but then it turned into something completely different. So like it was, yeah, we were gonna go dark. We were gonna go like, you know, cause the storyline is a little darker, but never had the intention of how dark we actually went. Like that was, not, that totally took us both for like a ride. You're just like, oh, we're just going with it. Yep, he's gonna do that. Yep, we're just gonna yeah. go with it. Just gonna that that was basically how it happened. Like Rachel sent it and I'm like, okay, so we're going there. This is, okay, we're doing this. And then, <laughs> and then that was it. And that was okay. I love it. Okay, so I felt this book had a really interesting plot, like following the life of Juliet, like a mafia daughter, and who was basically dealing with like some Stockholm syndrome vibes, which I mean, listen, I love. I love a good Stockholm syndrome type yeah. vibe. So did you plan that when you were originally plotting? And if not, what was the original idea for this story? Because I know that you both have said that like this thing like took a life of its own. So what was the original plan when you were oh supposed gosh. to be writing it? we were supposed to write a contempt like seriously like our very first meeting about this we were like you know let's kind of pull away from the mafia from the dark we'll do like more contemporary and then it was just like it was like we were unable to actually do i was like okay so what do we do now because we can't do that and as far as her falling for him like we knew she had to fall for him but we were going to take it a lot easier and the minute it took that dark turn we were like well now we have to just go all in otherwise it's going to look like we don't first off, we'll look, it'll look like we don't know what we're doing because it looks like we're going to try to soften something that is a very real thing. And me and Monica, one thing I love about her is we will have psych backgrounds. Yeah. And so for us going into it, we were like, okay, so like if this was really happening and this guy has all this trauma, like he's going to need to see these things and feel these things. He's going to hate himself half the time if he actually loves her, but you yeah. have to like go there. And I think one of the things that like, I know people sometimes think that you write uh, dark books like that for attention or you write them because you feel like, oh, it's going to sell really well because everyone's going to be talking about it. It's so taboo. And for us, it was not about that. It was about staying true to someone who truly does live a life of trauma like he did. Yeah. And then how to translate into like the brainwashing he had, you know, from like his other father figure and his own father and then the mom and being like locked in the closet all the time. Like, like if you're a young boy and you grow up in that situation and that is all you see, that is all you know. And We're so glad for us, you can like, become a serial killer, people. Let's just right. put that yeah, in exactly. our battles. Like at least he wasn't killing people, you know? Like not a big deal. He just kidnapped her for a minute, you know? Like he just beat her ass with a belt. It's cool. It's cool. I also have a side background. Um, I am, but it's like 
I listened to this crime podcast and there's this button for mommy alert, like mommy issue alert, because girls get like termed like daddy issues or whatever. But guys who have mommy issues nine times out of 10 turn into serial killers. So I was like, yeah, they do. I was like, congratulations, you're a little kinky, pal, and you got a little bit of issues. But I mean, at least you're not out here, you know, cutting people up and putting them underneath your basement. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated, I appreciated the true, like the complexity of his character and that he doesn't need a contemporary romance story. Like he doesn't need, like he, he can't be in a fluffy romance story. Like he went through a lot of shit and like nine times out of 10, when you come out of that, you're not going to be like somebody that's like, let me open the door for you and buy. Right. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. Starbucks. No. Exactly. Like it's not going to happen. So I appreciated that you guys were true to his character. I think that's what gave the story a lot of depth and made it really good read. Um, so I love this epilogue cried not not I like a teared up a little bit I was like oh god so but I have to ask like will you guys be going back to this like revisiting the world that you all built or any collabs in the future we don't have any collabs <laughs> lined up for next year just because we're both slammed with stuff like yeah. we wrote this book in two weeks guys um, literally it was the only time we could put it into our schedule and like we wrote it in two weeks and then everything with like just, it's just a lot to take on. Yeah. So we definitely want to write again together because it's just so much fun and we love doing it. But as far as like when that's going to happen, um, we don't have an official date. Yep. Okay. Just, cool. we, yeah, we had to, we had to, or I had to change. I know Monica flipped some of her books around too, but like yeah. our poor assistants, like we had to change our schedules and they kept being like, okay, you got to turn this in. We're like, we know. Um, so yeah, it was definitely, We're and like, me with the baby too, it's hard. I think like three times. Yeah, congratulations, by the way. I follow you on Instagram. So congratulations to all oh. the new baby and stuff like that. So that's awesome. You know. Make me cry every single time that I check your oh, no. <laughs> Um, I was in foster care when I was a kid. Oh, so oh I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so adoption, I was in there for like um, two months. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was terrible, but, and it was because my parents were crappy when I was a child. But um, no, no, I really appreciate it. I think adoption is such a big, a big thing that I feel like people don't talk about enough. And I commend both you and your husband. I think it's great what you guys do. Oh, congratulations and all that stuff um so anyways um moving forward on i have a question for each of you um solo so i um monica i know that you have alpha ceo coming up which is super exciting um second chance billionaire romance vibes uh without giving too much away what can readers expect from you know this new angsty book you got coming out that i'm coming back to inks um <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing um yeah that and just angst like I, I I didn't think I would miss it as much as I have you know like with COVID and everything that happened in 2020 I was just like okay I write angsty books and then throw in the world you know crumbling around you it was just yeah. a lot so I'm like I needed a lighter year this year and then like within like the first the kiss I was doing fine I'm like oh this is great but even with the fling like I started writing and I'm like damn I really miss angst and it's just the storyline came from no, like out of nowhere. And then I'm just like, I'm such a firm believer that I want to write what I want to write. And I'm going to write who's talking the loudest in my head. Yeah. So it just, it turned into one of those things and I'm excited for it. You can definitely expect a lot of angst um, and just falling in love with falling in love again, I guess. I feel like this is going to be like next level angst because it yeah. <laughs> took a break. <laughs> and yeah. back and she I know I, I know I like oh god um so Rachel I read your entire mafia royals series I I yeah I literally love it so I'm super excited for July 22nd which is when you're releasing fallen royal um yeah. literally want to vomit because I'm so excited I <laughs> were before, before you release like information on it or whatever I was like I want this to be my team story so bad it's not even funny so yeah we finally getting him I'm really excited about it um what can we expect from this um you don't have to give too much weight not to be spoilerly no okay so I'm I am moving him don't be mad I am moving him to August I'm moving oh. Max but, but only because only because okay. I don't have I don't, I mean, I could write it and get it done, but I don't have time to do justice. And he is one of my favorite characters I've ever written. Like him and, him and King, like their constant witty banter and then like cleaning blood off a knife and then it just kills someone. And it's like, like let's go have, let's go have fries. Like, I just love like their entire, like, they're yeah. just so great. So um, I actually, 
um, did start writing his like his first or second chapter just because I needed a break from my rom-com that I was writing. It's just a Monica, you got to take a break and kind of like divide <laughs> things up. Yeah. He's actually going to have um, his his theme for his book, like the last, um, like Scandalous Prince, that was kind of like a polar bear king theme, like a put in the fairy tale, like Man in the Iron Mask, like brought all that in. Yeah. Um, with Destructive King, it was just like full on angst and like chaos, which happened. Um, but with oh. uh, Maxim, love him, love Ash, but with Maxim, um, I'm bringing in a Jekyll Hyde sort of thing. Oh, so, um, so that is my theme. So he's going to go from being, so I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm copying him. It'd be like if Chase and Andre had a baby, it would be, it would be Maxim. So you're going to have like the balance of like good versus evil. Like, gonna, yeah, so there's some, he does a lot of killing and he, there's a character that he ends up killing that it's going to probably like, yeah anyways but it, st it starts the trauma for him oh, wow. and it causes a lot of drama and that's kind of where the story starts is like yeah. you, you see him in that situation and you and you and you see him almost lose the last part of the innocence that he had if that makes sense because he's yeah. young right he's like 19 and he's mm -hmm. a super genius and I you always you know we talked about this like people that have uh that are really smart or they go through trauma like a lot of times they become sociopaths or murderers and so he's gonna yeah. have to struggle with becoming basically his his father but like worse but also on top of that um, want to still be with Izzy and want to be that good person for the abandoned auto family and for their dynasty, but not know how to do that in a way that is oh approved God. after everything. So I'm there so you excited. go. I want to throw up. I'm so excited. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so, excited. I'm so excited. I love him. And I think that it's a very difficult thing when you're writing a character like that, because it's like, you don't, he doesn't want to turn into like what he knows that people mm -hmm. expect him to turn into. And right when you go through traumatic experiences like that, it's almost like, well, what do you expect? You know, like right. life is throwing me all of this shit. Like, mm -hmm. how do you not expect me to turn into like the villain, you know? But those yeah. are the characters I love, morally is the love of my life. So I'm super excited <laughs> about it. Um, so moving on to writing questions. And I did this in a, we did this in a way that, uh, so it's like for both of you, but you guys are more than welcome to answer separately or how you guys do your own thing. So what made you two, like, how do you split up writing? Do you take, like, two chapters? You take two chapters? Like, does, you know, that kind of thing? Or just, like, a word count number? How does that work? We usually do, um, like, a word count. So, like, we'll, we'll do, um, we'll do, like, it depends on how many. Like, with Falling for the Villain, we had, like, a 60K word count for the whole book. Mm -hmm. So like usually it's about like two chapters each um, mm -hmm. and it's anywhere between like 3,000 to 6,000 words. Rachel writes a lot faster than I do, <laughs> but no. I was coming off the fling and I didn't take a break. I was already in that, that crushing, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That crushing yeah, yeah. mode. So it was so easy for me to be like, plus it was dark and I went from like one, and I think my, I went from like one extreme to another and like my soul needed it because it was so easy. Yeah. Even for Rachel, it was so easy to tap into that like dark place. And I think it's just like, I'm coming off rom-com, so is she, she's doing Disney pitches. So like, we're just like, we're coming from this like happy, like, oh my God, we're in a bubble and everything is so perfect. Great creature. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're like, okay, we need to switch it up because this is getting a little repetitive. So. Uh. I think that probably influenced why the dark or why the book went so dark too. Yeah. But um, yeah, we try to keep it like kind of that around there. All right, cool. So what is it difficult staying on? Listen, because when I'm around my friends and none of my friends are, well, my like, like friends that I can actually touch, not like my online friends <laughs> are authors. So, and when I'm around them, being creative is like, never going to happen because they're very distracting people so is it difficult staying on the same creative page because maybe you guys have different thoughts or is it easier to have someone there in the same headspace as you it's so much easier like right Monica like it's so easier like even when like we're writing and like uh, even if it's not each other like we're not doing collab it's like our own books like I'll text Rachel or voice her and vice versa where I'm like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And like, she's, we're both really quick of like just jumping in there and being like, oh, well you can do this, this, and this. Um, so I feel like we're always kind of vibing like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to have, you know, someone there where you're like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And they come in, they're like, I got it. You know, like fresh right. eye, everything. And it just, it's so much easier. I feel like writing is a lonely job and I feel like having yeah. and we did that a lot for our last book yeah and I feel like yeah. having somebody to co-write with makes it unlonely because like a lot of the time you're like by yourself in front of a computer writing like you know characters or however many you're doing and you're like 
oh, I feel so lonely. Like, even though you have like people around you, you feel very lonely. So I feel like co-writing helped. I feel like would help not feel as bad because oh yeah, oh yeah. Take this sure. from me because I don't know what to freaking do with it. Facts. Or even like when with writing like a dark storyline like that, you're just like, I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that thinks this is awesome because you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not like, when she's not like getting the, the, the manuscript back. Like what if the fuck is wrong with her? You know, no, like, do this. And, you know, like it's so, it's fun. So I think you have to find people that like, you know, relate to you on that level. Yeah. So is co-writing, I feel like I already know the answer yeah. to this, but for our readers, has co-writing made you guys closer as like friends and like human beings now that you guys are yeah. on the level? Yeah. I mean, we were already close, right? Like, yeah. We were already close before we started and it's, and yeah, it made us closer, but like we were already text, like texting yeah. like boyfriend, girlfriend every day, almost yeah. like it's, like it's a ridiculous amount of text, like audio text. And she knows like as baby came, I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Be like I'm busy or like I'm taking naps all the time I'm taking naps but like I think we always like if I'm stuck on my own work I think what's nice is like I have someone that's in the same world with me like she does write angst or she writes mafia and I can be like this isn't working why isn't this working and then you have someone come in and be like like even if you're not collaborating like she gets where my headspace is at because she's written with me so much that we're like oh so yeah so like I mean we vacation together <laughs> yeah I know I'm yeah. the keys soon so hopefully yeah. we get to do that in the next month or two but yeah it's it's just fun yeah it's so fun I would I, you guys look like a great time to be around <laughs> like just to, like somebody who like, rolls up in Vegas fun. when you guys are in Vegas like I could only imagine I could only imagine so we're gonna jump into some reading questions so for each of you has a book ever and I know Monica has answered some of these but we have altered some of them because you were on the podcast before okay Rachel yeah. you can jump in you're more than welcome so has a book ever changed your life like a story, like not my own book, someone else's book. It could be yours. It could be yours. Just any type of book you've read or written. Oh, I, I've, 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 I've if you haven't read the, I think I told you this on the last one, the Bronze Horseman trilogy. Yeah. The historical romance, literally life-changing, literally. Like it was, I have, even to this day, like if there's anyone that I would love to write, like it's her. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy because she writes historical romance, but like that I've read that that entire trilogy and they're long and they're like eight nine hundred pages, no lie probably about a hundred times, um, and if I ever met her I would probably bawl my eyes out. <laughs> I haven't read them yet. I haven't read them yet. You oh my god, them. Rachel! And you like historical romance? I know. You you like, would be I'm afraid. I'm afraid I won't do anything. I'm on all these deadlines and I'm afraid every time we talk about it I'm like I need to buy this. I need to because everyone tells me oh my gosh I need to read them one of these days it's and then I'm gonna call you bawling. It's just a life-changing storyline. Like the writing on it is freaking brilliant. And like, it's just, it was written during um, the Nazis and, and they live in Russia and they escape yeah. to come here. Like, it's just epic. Have you read it? I have not. Alex? Oh, okay. Well, you've heard of it. Yeah, I have definitely okay. heard of it. It's just, I'm not a huge historical romance person. I, I, can, I can't, I'm sorry. I literally okay. cannot. My computer's gonna die. So give me one second. I'm just gonna grab my charger. Yeah, I, just, I physically have tried multiple times and I just can't. But even like Julia Quinn, can you do Julia Quinn? Lisa no. Cleveland? And I think that she's a phenomenal writer. I think her, yeah. and I think I, I read through of her books, I think like two of them all the way through and like mm -hmm. phenomenal writing. I love it. If she was, you know, like I love it, but I just don't, like there's just- the time periods. Yeah, yeah I can't. Period. There's just something about yeah. history that's very set in stone, you know? And I feel like, I don't know. It's just not my there's vibe. No escape, there's no escapism for you and you need that escapism. Yeah, it's just like, I'm yeah. just thinking of, I'm thinking of like World War II and I'm like, I'm thinking of all these people that are dying and I don't know how I can think. Yeah about this love story that's going on. And so, so it's like, I can't. And like, everybody gets so mad at me because all my friends love Outlander, which is not like, it's like almost, it's like historical romance -y vibes, you know, but it's like yeah. also like time travel, whatever. And I'm like, nope, sorry, can't. I don't like Bridgerton, is that how you say it? I couldn't get into mm -hmm. that. I was like, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay. But it's, okay. it's a problem, I'm sorry, I apologize. But has a book ever changed your life, writing or reading, Rachel? Um, so the book that changed my life was Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. She was okay. a romance author back when I was on like, I mean, she still is like, she's older now, but in high school and she wrote, I mean, honestly, like probably one of the first, like really intense, I don't want to say BDSM, but like books that, and she wrote two different versions of it, but, um, it's about this guy that ends up, um, marrying a prostitute 
Oh, and yeah. she constantly leaves, and she she's like the madame to this house, and she leaves him all the time, and he always pursues her and goes back for her. Yeah, and it's like he needs a farmer and stuff, and it's one of these things, and it takes place. It's also historical. I th- I think it's like back in the Victorian period. I want to say. And there's like this scene where like she finally like walks up to him just completely like nude and is just like finally like submitting to him. And yeah. he just, he loves her through all these things, which I think is so, it was like my first book where I was like, that's what true love is. Like loving people through things because she didn't see anything outside of like being a prostitute and earning money that way. It's like all she knew, but yeah. he loved her enough to like try to like save her, but not in a way that was on his terms, but her terms. It's a yeah. really romantic book. Like it's so good, but it's, there's one version that's like cleaner than another version in one of my friends in high school is a pastor, not high school, in uh, college is a pastor now. And she read the dirty version and it still makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> oh, like, I would pass out. And I'm like, what are you reading? And she's like, I don't think this is a book everyone's talking about. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Anyways, it still like kills me inside. Of course okay. not, that's what I do. But What know, is it called? What is it called? It's called Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. It's really good. You'll ball, you'll, you'll cry very hard. It's very good. Okay, I'm going to have to write, read it. There is a book that I'm going to recommend to both of you since you guys are both reading dark road you guys are both writing dark romance next that I think that you guys could uh I guess I guess you know like you read a book and you're like oh my god like it's just all the inspiration to write a phenomenal book after right Mm -hmm. it is called diary of an oxygen thief and it is by an anonymous German author okay I've never even heard that before I know it's very low like and I don't think a lot of people know about it it's like big in the poetry community and like when Mm -hmm. I was in like tumblr and that kind of thing so it's called Diary of an Oxygen Thief. It's by an anonymous author. You literally just have to look up Diary of an Oxygen Thief. And it is literally about a man writing from his point of view about how he loves breaking women's hearts. Like he's, a, he's, a, he's like a psychopath for people's hearts. And he talks about how he enjoys watching like the life go out of their eyes. Like when, like he's- a, really a cover though? Like yeah, it's, it's, a snowman? it's a snowman holding a little broom. I swear, That's crazy. And That's I, nuts. I've I never heard you, it before. It's a New York bestseller too. Yeah, I'm telling you, it'll be one of the best books that you ever read from a male's point POV ever, ever. He literally talks about like it's different situations of him making women fall in love with him and how like um he enjoys he enjoys like watching like the the butterflies like die and all this stuff like he's got a problem oh my gosh yeah okay. it's okay, like the, the first chapter the first line of the the first line of the fucking book and when I started reading it I was like oh yeah I'm gonna love this shit and it's a true story like it's based off his life and the first line is I like hurting girls mentally not physically and I was like oh I'm gonna love this this is gonna be great Oh my God. Is it a book that has dialogue or is it more like a biography? No, no, no. It's definitely a book that has dialogue, but I wouldn't say that it's like, oh, she said this. And I like, like, it's not like a character driven thing. It's like from his POV, he's like, oh, I watched her do this. And then she said this to me and we had this conversation and a lot of his inner, inner dialogue in the head, but it's so good. It's so good. And it gives you a really, really cool insight into the mind of men who enjoy breaking women's hearts, I guess feeling this i'm gonna have to just read it for research i yeah, was just gonna say that I was yeah. just it's literally that's what i'm saying like it's it's so good i think it, i read it when i was like i think i was like 14 when i read this book i should not probably have read it when i was 14 but uh, i read it when i was like 14 and it literally changed my life i was like holy effing shit this is amazing so yeah definitely check that out that's the book that changed my life all right anyways moving forward um, what attracts you to a book, the cover, the blurb, recommendations from others, recommendations. I'm like, I don't know why I just said it like that. From others, what is it? I would say recommendations. Like I trust, like I'm Monica's like, you need to read CJ Roberts, Captain by the Dark. I'm like, oh, fine. Oh, yeah, I could tell you to read that. And then you were at my house, I think when I was reading it and I was, I couldn't yeah. stop. Like, and yeah. I, and I told you to read Pam Godwin. I don't know if you've read it yet. The, the okay. Sea of oh, who told me I couldn't read it. Uh, no, I want to read the other one, the one with the trilogy that you and Nina said to read, but you're like, don't read it until yeah, we're still wait. So that's what my next- What are you talking about? What's, yeah. What trilogy? Spill. Um, oh. um, crap, what's it called? Um, is, it, is it Kate Webster? Was it the Kate no, Webster one? No, it was some author I didn't even know. Okay, I'll send, I'll send it to you again, but that one was intense. That one was, that one was, whew. but yeah, it, it was very, very, very dark. And we were like, just wait till after you're done writing this. Cause you don't, I normally don't read in the same genre I write in and we yeah. never really written this dark. So we were like, don't read it yet, but it, yeah. I, I'll find out, I'll find out and send it to you. So you, you know, too, cause I, it was like, I don't normally read books like that, but I was like, I am not sleeping for like five days. Until, like, <laughs> and then I begged her for the third book, like a total horror. I was like, so I'm getting this one right. <laughs> Anyways. 
there is a book there's also okay i'm gonna give you guys another recommendation but don't read it until after you get done with what you're doing because okay. it'll like it's i feel like it's not historical romance it's more like mythology romance so i feel like i'm kind of in that jam somewhere okay. but uh have you guys have read song of achilles by madeline miller oh i've heard that's really good but i haven't read it yet. right so yeah. have you guys ever read i mean i don't know if you guys have read like homer like the Illid and the odyssey or huh? yeah. like, you know, the story of like achilles i did in college but like i don't remember you could i <laughs> I couldn't tell you the storyline right now. <laughs> so I, my my dad named me after Alexander the Great because it's like he's super into all of that shit, right? And so um, I know it makes me want to literally. I I was supposed to be a boy. I can't even. So he um he named me after Alexander the Great, and so I grew up like really liking like the theories that surrounded that and all that stuff. So anyway, Song of Achilles is basically like the love story of Patroclus and Achilles. And when yeah, I yeah yeah. When I tell you, because obviously when I picked this book up and I found it and I, cause I saw it on TikTok, obviously when I picked this book up, I've read the Illid and the Odyssey and I grew up my entire life, like knowing the stories of like Achilles and Helen of Troy and the battle and all that stuff. So I was like, this motherfucker dies. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm going to cry. And it is, it is so beautiful. It is such a beautifully like put together book that it will just literally make you want it, but makes you cry. I just want to FYI. But yeah, so you know, I have two good ones down. Good for good for research. Yes, read those. They're really good. And also it's obviously male male. And there's just it was just very romantic. It's very pretty. And I loved it. So Chef Kisses to Madeline Miller. But definitely check it out. Anyways, um, what are some of your favorite authors to read? Dude, I'm so out of the loop with who's who's writing these days. Cause like I don't I'm writing so much that I don't really read when I'm in the cave because when I just wanted to mess with my own style and two um who wants to read after they're on their computer for 12 hours you know like staring at a word document like the last thing I want to do is read a book yeah so um my eyes you know they're bleeding so I'm so out of the loop but like back in the day um who was a one-click author for me V. Keelan or not V. Keelan Penelope Ward my Skylar I, love I went on a Penelope Ward kick when she wrote my Skylar um, so she was one click author for me, but that right there will tell you like when I really used to read was like when she released that, which I think was like six or seven years ago, yeah, but right. she used to be a one click author for me. Um, who else? I can't, I don't, I don't really like, um, I'm, I usually like authors that aren't well known. Yeah. Well, you're more than welcome to like my books. If you ever want to read that, just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> I, I really do. I like to read those books, you know, that the ones that people aren't hyping up that much. Yeah. So those are usually the stories that I like to read. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I don't even remember my last five-star read, to be honest. It's been a minute. What about you, Rachel? I read a lot. Um, and I don't, and that's probably why I don't get a lot of sleep because I, but I never read in like the genre I'm writing in, but I read uh, Ruby Dixon. That's one that that's like a legal ah, track. Order. I love her. Um, she's amazing. Um, I don't even think I know her as like, I don't think I've ever met her, but like um, someone put me onto her books um, when I was just like, I need escapism at its finest. They were like, oh bro, I got you blue aliens. And I'm like, oh shit. Ah, and, I read them, and they're so good. And I'm like, it really made me want to write an alien romance. And my publicist was like, okay, maybe not right now. Like maybe later when like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ruby Dixon, I love, um, I love Pam Godwin. I just started reading her, um, Jennifer Armentrout. So usually I get, if I have time, I'll get the ARCs early so I can read them. Um, you know, you Sarah J. Matt. Huh? You read fantasy. I love fantasy. Yeah. So when, when uh, Jennifer oh. came out with that one, I basically like, I, yeah, I had that one early and I, her, pub, her publisher, I literally was like, Liz, like, if you don't give me the rest of these books, I'm going to like probably murder people. And so then I, when I found out that she was actually like, she had like changed her schedule to write book two, book three, and they started trending. I was like, yes. Um, Sky Warren was the last one. I, the last book I read, I think was Sky Warren's, um, what is it? Is it not, it's something lock. I don't remember the name of it, but it's her dark romance that's based off of, uh, crap. I can't think of it right now. We're like, uh, where he's like in the mansion alone and it's, it's contemporary, but it's based off an old, I can't think of it. Like in, not, oh man, not Pride and Prejudice, but like one of those older like stories. And it's very like, huh? huh? A private property? Yes, Mr. Rochester. Like it's based after, after that, like that whole, and it's really, really good. Like I normally don't read darker books, but Sky did the same thing to her I was like where's book two and she was like oh sorry still writing it and I'm like well you're dead to me but then I, I got that ARC after so it was fine so yeah I, I read kind of all over the place 
Um, but I never, I don't read, the one uh, thing I don't read is I don't read Mafia. The only Mafia I will ever read would be like Tijin's because hers is a lot different than mine. And, and we both talk about that in the interviews we've done before together. Like I, I adore Tijin and would like take a bullet for her, but I just don't, any, any other author, Monica, maybe, I would probably read hers if we decided to read each other's, but I just never want it to seep into my head. So that's like the one genre I stay away from and I've never read because um, I just want mine to be different from others. So have you read the throne of glass or the uh the fucking a court of thorns and roses series so court of thorns and roses i read it when it first came out and i remember calling my sister and being like this is like our generation's twilight if there's something to compare it to as far as like the next big thing yeah um and it was when she was still like big at that time because she's a white author white authors have like a very different vibe than romance authors which is great yeah. But that, I mean, that book series, like that just like took her from already being right here and catapulted her, kind of like how Jen's latest one just like, yeah. so yeah, so that was, um, yeah, that was the, yeah, that's, I love it. I love all those books. You should 100%, I don't know if you've read like her other series, which is Throne of Glass, which has got like, okay, so I mean, I don't, I like A Court of Thrones and Roses, mm-hmm. they're on my shelf, you can totally see them. Uh-huh. On I love them. I love Reese and mm-hmm. I love Feyre and I love all of that. I just think it's a lot of, like it's romance based. Like it obviously follows the plot of like, you know, lovers and Throne of Glass is like action packed as fuck. And the main female is like a bad bitch. And like the main character female, the dude is like the love of my life. Like if I could, if I could, if I could conjure up one, one book boyfriend it's him because it's like seven feet him. and he's got wings <laughs> it's like, it's oh. like, i want to i want the wings anyway so monica would like that series i've only gone through book two definitely. i would like it would i think like you it. definitely would like it it's fairy porn it's amazing yeah it's fantastic mm-hmm. and you're gonna love as it'll be your he'll be your favorite character because he's mm-hmm. the one that's dark twisted and doesn't talk but his book isn't out yet, so. <laughs> Anyways, um, do you- I, just, I don't think that one's out yet, because I think she kept going. I don't know if talk about it. And now that this series, now that this movie, the TV show is coming out or whatever, we're gonna have to wait like 8 billion years for his book, and he's my favorite character, and it's like, God, I want to smash my head into a wall. Um, do you prefer <laughs> e-reader or physical copies? E-reader. Just because I usually read at night when, like, Ben is sleeping, so I can't really read a paperback when if he's sleeping, you know? Like on your phone. I'm on yeah. my phone. Yeah, like I'm reading it on my phone yeah. yeah love love okay cool um but you guys you guys collect you guys collect paperbacks like are there paper like you guys oh, yeah. paperback, like shelves and stuff like that oh yeah oh god Rachel's like no <laughs> I know here's why I like because I get sent so many books from my pub by foreign publishers that like if I had just I had to dedicate a closet to like just my foreign titles and so like when people send me I'll keep them like if authors send me books signed and stuff like I'll put them on the shelf but as far as like buying them myself and like being like, oh my gosh, I have this paperback. Like I really don't, or if I do, I pass it on to someone. So yeah. like, if I have books that I purchased myself, I'll just give them to my sister when I'm done because I want her to read them anyway. So like, and then, you know, sometimes they come back to me or I say like, you know, give them another, give your friend another gift, let her read them. I just don't have, I don't have the space for it. And so, and yeah, that's horrible. I, I obviously have space for them. <laughs> I love paperbacks. I literally have on this shelf over here alone. I have third, like, I think it's like 33 different covers of Stephen King's novels like awesome dead ass and I have a first edition on that bad boy and I will sell my soul to the devil before I give it up (laughs) um so what was your last five-star read if you guys have read recently if you guys haven't it's okay um I have to literally look through my phone um I'll go there mine was Skies Skies that was the last thing I read though so yeah her private property or whatever was my last five star and I haven't gotten into the second one I have it and I like I said I had it early but I don't I haven't started it yet because I just been too busy well we've been on deadline so it's like the time that it's been spent like you know us working till like one in the morning trying to finish the stupid book <laughs> pretty much um I'm looking through my phone right now to see oh the breakup or kiss and breakup by Ella Fields oh yeah 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 so good so good that was such a good book. I agree. Five stars for that one for me as well. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to move on to, it's the last section of the podcast, sadly. This has been super great with you guys. You guys have been great, but um, it's trope questions. And these are some of our readers' favorite sections. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? And you can be as specific or as non-specific if you want. Um, but yeah, what is it? Um, your favorite trope to write? Mine would probably be, it's always going to be mafia, I think, like any sort of mafia book. Mm-hmm. I guess that's not super trope-y. 
he's always gonna be like enemies to lovers. Like I like it when the guy is just a complete ass all the time and then you redeem him. I think there's just something so beautiful about writing a character that is so horrific. And then at the end you're like, he's you know, so romantic and you're like bawling. And then you're like, how did I even like this person? So yeah, I think that'd be mine. Any like any of the enemies to lovers, even in contemporary, I love doing that. I think it's just, it's also really easy to write guys that are like- Dickheads. You froze. Yeah, she froze. Boys, yeah. Can you, can you repeat that? Cause you froze and I want to make sure that we got it in there. She's still frozen. Yeah, she's still frozen. I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait it out. She'll come back. Um, but I agree with what she's saying. I I write bad boys, so I am all about the alpha bad boy. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're gonna have, we're gonna wait on Rachel's just like in like her own little spatial <laughs> awareness right now. No, I mean I think that I think that writing morally great characters is what people. I mean, I feel like any most of the time. 80% out of like the pack is going to pick like the morally gray character over like the hero. Okay, you're back. Yay, you're back. Okay. <laughs> Repeat everything that you just said and then I'll say what I was going to say. Wait, me? Yeah. So you're talking oh. about writing um, the, the bad boy, like the oh, redeem. Yeah, I love that. Enemies of lovers. Like that's just, it's the easiest one for me to write and it's fun and it's. It's easy to redeem someone. Obviously, with me and Monica's track record, we clearly like that trope. Um, I feel like she's almost the same way. Like, it, it is fun watching, like, yeah. even in contemporary, it's like, even in her rom-coms, like, she was writing, the guy is kind of an ass. Like, they, I get it from my husband. My husband's a smart ass and his mm -hmm. whole heart is full. So I, that's why I write heroes that are smart asses because that, that's what I'm attracted to. <laughs> well, I feel like, like I was telling Monica and I'm just going to wait until you were unfrozen, but I feel like 80% out of the time, you're going to, I feel like people are going to choose the morally gray hero over the regular just hero, right? Because the morally gray one, like will go to the ends of the earth to like do whatever he needs to do for you if he cares about you, right? But like yeah. the, the hero is like oh like we're gonna sacrifice like like you see the quote where it's like the hero will sacrifice the like himself to save the world while the villain will sacrifice it to save you kind of yep. thing so it's like everybody loves a morally gray hero it's like the people we shouldn't like and it's like no jesus yep. and i just feel like it's because like subconsciously i feel like the human mind is attracted to the things that you're not supposed to be attracted to it's like human curiosity mm -hmm. to be attracted to that's why people love serial killers and not love them but like love learning about serial killers and mm -hmm. crime podcasts is because you like to take yourself it's like it's humans like to be scared in their own comfortable way like you take yourself to like such a certain level but you have a safety net that you know that it's not real kind of thing and exactly. the adrenaline from that is like what people like and so that's why people like bad boys like it's it's subconsciously a thing that people are like destined to love bad boys this is just how i feel um so what is one trope that you would eventually like to write separately and together i would like to write historical romance at some point I have a storyline with, with I've told you, Alex, I think, um, where a hippie and a Marine fall in love during like the, the era, you know? But, yeah, I want to write it so bad, but I cannot jump into another trope, different genre for the rest of the year. I gotta, I gotta go back to, to my roots. So maybe next year, but I eventually would love to. What about you, Rachel? Um, I really, I, Aliens. I want to do aliens, but I also want to go back to, uh, I want to do like a time travel Regency romance. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah. Um, and I also, I mean, and yeah, and I am going, uh, to kind of like back to YA like this year. So yeah, I feel like too, like I kind of always wanted to write something really dark and dirty and me and Monica totally accomplished that. So that's like one little checklist, a little check mark I can make. Cause we got, we got that done with our book. So gonna mark it off awesome um, so what is one trope that you will never write and why i'm interested to see the answer i don't i don't i don't want to ever say never so yeah. like oh okay for as of right now it's not even close to the horizon what is it oh my god i don't even know rachel you go first like high fantasy maybe not that i don't want to write it but it's a lot of world building so it's really difficult. Like, it's not that I don't want to write it. It's that I would have to have like an entire room, like dedicated to all the different lands and the language, like, you know, like with strings going across to like, it's just really difficult. Look at Lord of the Rings, got a whole ass language over there. A right. whole ass right. language that you can literally speak. Could never. No. Could never. 
What about you, Monica? Did you come up with one? I probably would say sci-fi. That sounds really yeah. fun. Yeah. I feel like it would be fun because you could have creative liberties, right? Because it's not real. So you could yeah. do whatever you wanted to, but at the same time, you can do whatever you want to. So it's like hard to almost like box yourself in and to figure out a, an idea without going too far. So I would say that's probably one of the hardest tropes to write. And I commend anybody that can do it. Um, so our last question for you guys is if you guys were in a book separately, what trope would you want for your story? Ooh. I think I'd want to be in a mafia book. I'd want to be like one of the badass mafia girls who like knows how to fight and like carries oh. a knife on her thigh. You know what I mean? Like just high heels, leather pants, like what now? And like, you know, makes a guy bleed. Like I would love that. That'd be fantastic. I have got to find the name of this book, but it's, it's literally that. She's like a Russian. She's from Russia. Mm. And her dad was like weapons a weapons dealer for the Russian mafia or whatever, the Russian mob. And she grew up around it her whole life. And then her dad was like murdered and she wanted to become a made man. And it was like, obviously never do that. But what happened was, is she ended up getting, a, she ended up getting abducted and she got abducted and she never spilled a word about anything. And then they were, she was rescued by like this Italian mob guy who she ended up falling in love with kind of thing, whatever that vibe. And when she came back, they made her a made man because she like went through like horrendous torturing and never spoke a word about like the mafia. So the mob. So yeah. And it's like her story. It's really good. And I need to figure out the title of it because it's really yeah, good. Tell me. All right, Monica, what's yours? Um, I'm going to go with the same, the same thing that she's saying. That sounds pretty badass. <laughs> mafia, mafia is just like yeah. DMZ. It's like so funny. Yeah, like just being the, the, the queen of the underworld vibe. Yeah, for sure. Oh, speaking of that, I want to be in a Hades and Persephone retelling. That's oh, yeah. There's a couple of really good ones out there. I want, have you guys, okay, I know probably, I doubt it. I highly doubt that you guys have ever read or heard of this, but do you guys know what webtoons are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> you, okay, yeah, webtoons has this one called Lore Olympus where it's like a retelling okay. like, Hades and Persephone but it's like cartoon versions but it's not okay, cool. are they making a drama out of it like a Chinese drama or a K-drama out of it no 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 it's like so like it's like you download the app webtoons and no 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 but but like lots of webtoons get picked up by like I, the foreign... I fucking hope it does okay I, that's what I was like I want to see it okay I cool I hope it does because let me tell you shit's fire absolutely fire so you need to awesome. definitely go check it out However, okay. that is the end of our podcast. You guys have been seriously amazing. Like, this has been super fun talking to you both. I was nervous. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but it was really fun, and I'm really glad that you guys joined us. Um, congratulations on Falling for the Villain. I'm going to leave you guys a few minutes to talk about the book, uh, tell people about, you know, anything you guys got coming up or something like that. The floor is yours for the next few minutes, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll go first. Um, so Falling for the Villain is just like the title says, Falling for the Villain. Um, we, it is a, gosh, it's so, it's a dark romance that does include Stockholm Syndrome, kidnapping, BGSM elements to it. Um, he is a slave trainer and he kidnaps her and she is a mafia princess. So um, that is the premise of the storyline and he is very much a, a villain um, I do believe that he has redeeming qualities just because of his past. Um, but as far as like, do we change him to a hero? Absolutely not. He is 110% a, a villain. Um, and we are fully aware that this book is not going to be for everyone. So if you aren't willing to go in with it with an open mind, um, mm -hmm. and write like you like to read dark romances of this nature, then I would suggest to pass up on it. But if you do want to try something different and want to, you know, be taken on a ride because it 100% is, then this is definitely your jam. Um, there is a solid love story in between this broken love story. So you will get a lot of that. You will get a lot of sex too. We got a lot of sex in there. Um, oh, chapter. It's like, like literally, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of sex. Uh, so if you are in the, you're down for that too. Um, and then as far as like things that I have going on, other than um, Alpha CEO, which comes out in August, which is my jump back into inks. And my cover reveal is actually next Thursday, I believe. Next Thursday or Friday. Gorgeous, by the way. Gorgeous. I mean, it is probably my most favorite cover. And um, Lori Jackson did it. 
who is amazing, amazing, amazing designer. Um, and I'm so excited about it. So that comes out once the 30th. I think that's a Friday, right? I think so. That's a yeah. lot. It will be my cover reveal and it will be my jump back into inks and it is a second chance uh, best friends baby sister kind of billionaire romance. Awesome. All right, Rachel, you can go. So Monica did a perfect job at describing falling for the villain. Um, yeah, I think if you're, I think maybe you have to be in the mood for it sometimes because it is so dark, but uh, definitely if, if us, like people that have never written stuff like that before can, can fall for him and can enjoy it, I think anyone can. You just have to have, like she said, a very open mind and understand like the way that we came at it um, from trying to like show respect for the characters and for like what they went through and the trauma and all that kind of stuff. Um, as far as me, as you guys know, I have Maxim, his book coming out now in August, not July. Um, I had to take a little bit of a like, break in between because I'm working on a YA book called My Summer and Soul. And I'm um, also working on, I have two other paranormal books that I'm working on that we're pitching um, or that have been pitched and two other ones I'm working on that we're pitching this next week. And then also working on a graphic novel, a webtoon actually. So the fact that you mentioned that like makes me happy. So um, oh, yeah. we, just submitted that. we just submitted that. It's called Swan. And it's about a girl. Magna. Dude. It's, yeah, it's, it's all, it's, that's what it is. It's, yeah, this girl is, feels ugly at school, gets picked on by all the guys. The illustrations are amazing. She ends up getting in a horrific car accident that's caused by actually one of the bullies. She doesn't realize it's him. Goes to a different school and has had all this plastic surgery done. So now all of a sudden she's pretty and she deals with her insecurities that way. So we're hoping that gets picked up, um, but that is in the works too. And then a graphic novel. So every graphic novel also of my one, The Dark Ones, that's coming out really soon too, but I don't have to really do anything for that. So I'm yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but oh my, I'm I need to know. I need, I'm going to keep updated. I love a good graphic. I monitor. will keep you updated on the website. <laughs> for real. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, congratulations on another great release. And uh, you guys are both lovely, amazing. And it's been great talking to you guys. So hope you guys have a fantastic evening. Bye.